The podcast is brought to you by Robinhood. The Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence with a simple and intuitive, clear design with data presented in an easy to digest way. I just read that uh, pretty smoothly in my in my view. Uh, I have, now I'm supposed to talk about my experience with Robin Hunt, which probably I wasn't supposed to tell you that. Um, <laughs> I think it was forced to just very smoothly go into that. I didn't, I didn't hear that. you mention cryptos. Did you mention cryptos this I time? did. I did mention cryptos okay. in there uh, and, and ETFs. Um, if you sign up with Robinhood, you can go to Robinhood.com uh, slash uh, podcast. Uh, you go to, oh, wait a minute. I did this wrong again. That's not where you go. <laughs> I always, I get the, like the name, the address wrong. It's podcast.robinhood.com. That's podcast, P-O-S-C-A-S-T dot Robinhood.com. If you go there, uh, listeners will get a free uh, share of stock like, and I'm going to list off what they say you might get. Apple, Ford, mm. or Sprint. You might mm. get any of those. Uh, or you might get uh, Sirius XM, which is what I got. Um, but it's pretty cool. You, you sign up, you get your free stock. It's very easy to use. Knowing nothing about anything, uh, I have been playing around with it quite a bit. So it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. So that's podcast.robinhood.com. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are welcome. You are welcome. This is this is the big one. This is the big <laughs> this is the big podcast right here. This is the, it, this is as big and and uh, as it gets right here. Would you uh, would you not agree with that? I mean, it is yes, it is as big as it gets, <laughs> and it's not in any way big. Not big at all. <laughs> so <laughs> you're. <laughs> You're correct on both counts, yeah. I'm correct. It's as big as this show gets, but as uh, we are doing our annual, now we can call it annual, holiday draft. Uh, we have all kinds of cool special guests that will be joining us. Uh, it will be chaos, pure chaos here uh, at the podcast. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we do have a little bit of, of baseball that we have to sort of discuss, right? Because we are doing this on Monday, uh, and last night, Sunday night, the um today's game uh i don't even know what they they call them so today's game baseball committee it's like a weird i don't know there's like a today's game and there's a modern baseball and somehow they're different i don't know why but there's a today's game era ballot uh committee uh they met and they put two new people into the baseball hall of fame one uh they put in lee smith uh the who who retired as the all-time saves leader, uh, now third on the all-time saves list. He he once got a little bit more than 50% of the vote uh, from the baseball writers. So they voted him in and voted him in unanimously. How about that, Mike? Pretty cool, right? Unanimously. Sure. Voted in Lee Smith. And then in among the more shocking uh, developments in, in uh, Hall of Fame recent history, they voted in Harold Baines uh, into the Hall of Fame. So... Mm. Uh, Harold Baines and Lee Smith. So 
I will. I have my own opinions about this, obviously, but I will ask you your opinion. What was your reaction when uh, you saw Lee Smith and Harold Baines were elected to the Hall of Fame? My reaction was congratulations to the Chicago Mafia for <laughs> infiltrating the Baseball Writers of Association of America of Hall of Fame Voting Veterans Committee Association, whatever it right. is. Right. And my that was the first thing that I thought. And then you actually told me that uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Tony LaRusso are both on that committee. That is correct. Right? Okay. That is correct. That was my first thought. My second thought was, <laughs> like everything else in baseball, in terms of like kind of large scale corporate management, the Hall of Fame is so screwed up because there's two ways to get in to the Hall of Fame. Right. Right. Number one is you have to be elected on 75% of the ballots of the Baseball Writers Association of America starting five years after you retire. And you have 10 total years to be on the ballot. And if you get 75% of those voters, and I don't know how many vote, there's 400 and 500 something voters. There's a hundred. There's, there's something like 440, 430. It was, right. it used to be more. It used they, to be like 500 and yeah. close to 600. Now it's like right. 450, let's call it. So right. 75% of, let's say 450 people who focus very hard on baseball and write about baseball and think about baseball have to put you on their ballots over within 10 years, starting five years after you retire. Correct. Or there's a second way which is a, like a dozen guys go into a room and come out and they go, congratulations, you're in the Hall of Fame, which is, it doesn't make any sense. And it's like, how did, and I get, I understand the theory behind this, right? The theory is sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes there are things that slip through the cracks. Sometimes the ballot gets backed up as it is now. And there are people who deserve to get in who don't get in. And it's sort of an oversight committee or whatever, but what are we doing, man? What are we doing? Like, how does this, how is that? How are those the two possibilities? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like you, you, if, if you're going to uh, have like a, an oversight committee, it has to be way more like broadly spread out oh, yeah. and transparent and everything else. Otherwise, I mean, Harold Baines was great. I loved Harold Baines when I was a kid. It was fun to watch him hit. He was a great hitter. He was consistent, but like, do you think that Harold Baines is a Hall of Fame baseball player? I mean, this is the for years and years and years you've heard it's not the Hall of Very Good. That's like the famous thing that people say uh, when they want to argue against anyone basically getting in who's sort of a what you might call a compiler of statistics. Sure, Harold Baines is the definition of that. I mean, there's there's how many? Uh, let me ask you this: How many people are there right now who are not in the Hall of Fame who are better than Harold Baines? <laughs> There are, uh, I having just looked this up, there are um, many dozens of players. Yeah, that right. Are, literally would, many I dozens. I would have said like 50. There's probably oh, yeah. there, 50 there guys, are There right? are at least 50 players that are better than, than Harold Baines that are not in the Hall of Fame. And what's weird, what's really strange about this is that these are the same people in general that three years ago, didn't vote Tony Oliva in the Hall of Fame and didn't vote Dick Allen into the Hall of Fame and haven't voted Tommy John in the Hall of Fame, haven't voted Dale Murphy or, or you know, I mean, all of these people that are, maybe they're Hall of Famers, maybe they're not, but all of them have a really a stronger case than Harold Baines. And it's it's really bizarre. It's really, really bizarre. And, uh, you know, you you mentioned it being this, this these two different ways i mean i i wrote that this is like it's like the back door to like the prohibition speakeasy is basically the way to get in right you have to have like a weird like certain knock to get in you got to tell 
you know, the guy a password or something. And that seems to be the only way to get in. And nobody has any um, real idea of what that password is. It's, it's very, very unclear. If, if they were just, if they fundamentally were saying, okay, look, everybody who is this good should be in the hall of fame. Everybody who is of the level of a Harold Baines who played a very long time, had a lot of success, 2,800 hits, whatever. Okay. Well, if everybody that good should be in the hall of fame, it should just be a much, much larger hall of fame. The, the, the weird part for the Harold Baines thing is that he's sort of the first guy that got it. He's like the first guy that they suddenly all said, yeah, this is, this is the one, this is where we're going to, this is where we're going to make it happen. So I don't know. It's just very odd. Very, very odd. And now you're going to have this, this crazy ballot uh, for the BBWAA where you have, you know, 35 players on there, 15 to 20 of them are better than Harold Baines at least. And people are going to be fighting and, and uh, uh, you know, trying to, trying to figure out for the, for the, you know, for the 15th time, they're like trying to, okay, is, is Fred McGriff, on the line? Is he just below the line? I mean, everybody's going to be like doing all of these very, very, you know, dedicated, uh, you know, analytics to figure this thing out. And meanwhile, as you say, 16 guys go in a room and they're like, yeah, what do you guys think about Harold Baines? And that's it. And they, and they put him in. It's very odd. It's a real bummer. And uh, because now you have like the Overton window is shift shifted basically. Then you have like, in terms of arguing for people's candidacies, you have a new, well, he's better than this guy guy right, right? Oh, you have, that's, yeah, which is now yeah. which now you're in big trouble because frankly i would argue for example it doesn't make any sense that harold baines is in the hall of fame and dwight evans isn't oh no right no sense. dwight no evans sense. was a really good hitter he was a better hitter than most people remember and he, he played and he played a really hard uh right field he played right field in fenway and had a really good armor was a really good defender and like now, if you wanted, I'm not sure Dwight Evans deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but if Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame, he does, right? I, no, I mean, so now no, now you're going to have this, now you already have a backlog of people because of the PED era of like, oh, are these guys going to get in or not or whatever? And now you're going to have this other backlog of guys like Dwight Evans where people are like, well, if this guy's in, then these other 55 guys deserve well, to get in. <laughs> it, I'll tell you what, because people keep saying, well, is this going to help uh, Edgar Martinez? Or is this, it's not going to help anybody on the, on the, on the BBWAA ballot because the two have nothing to do with each other, but I'll tell you who it could help. And, and this was something that as you were talking about, I was thinking there are a lot of people I know that want Steve Garvey in the hall of fame. Okay. There are a lot of people in that in that world that that we're talking about here, that kind of believes Steve Garvey should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying I I never voted for Steve Garvey. I don't think Steve Garvey should be a Hall of Famer. But I'm not saying what's right or wrong. What I'm saying is, if Harold Baines is in the Hall of Fame, Steve Garvey's case looks an awful lot better. You know, I mean, if there's a bunch of people that want Steve Garvey in the Hall of Fame because he was famous and because he was he was you know he's still around the game and he's you know and all these other things. Suddenly you look at that and you go, well, we have a precedent now. I mean, the, the, you, you can't, it, it'd be awfully tough to make an argument that Steve Garvey, who won an MVP, who did lead the league in a bunch of things, who, you know, had 200 hits a year, uh, you know, whatever, eight, nine times. Uh, it'd be hard to argue that Harold Baines's case for the Hall of Fame is significantly better than Steve Garvey's. So um We'll see. We'll see where that all leads. But look, it's... the point is, we don't have time for this because we have seventy-five people rating to draft <laughs> Christmas songs or whatever Christmas characters. What are we doing, Christmas characters? So 
this is going to have to wait until uh, until the new year. It the is going to have to the wait. rest of this endless debate, this endless, <laughs> pointless, meaningless debate is going to have to wait. <laughs> I don't know how people are going to wait for all of that, but they're going to have to because you're right, because we are drafting uh, holiday characters uh, and um, I'm going to do something. This is I, I really think this is going to be very exciting for the readers. Uh, listeners, um, the I'm readers. gonna the There's, readers and, and readers. I mean, I'm readers, readers. We're gonna pr- we're gonna pr- uh, print the transcript of this, and people can just read it. Um, that'll be more entertaining. How bad would that be? Yeah, no, be in bad. all seriousness, how bad would like a transcript of this be? <laughs> <laughs> that would just melt people's brains. How bad that would be. All right. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm going to uh, pull names from the hat in order to determine draft order as we go. So, so boy, you're that, not going to introduce who who we no, have drafting. You introduce them as you pull them out of the hat. I pull them out of the hat, right? Great. I'm pulling this out of a Toledo Mudhens hat right now. Our first pick in the in the 2018 holiday draft, holiday characters draft, the great Nick Offerman. How about that? Nick gets the first pick. Nick, how are you? I am I'm tickled pink to be uh, leading off the lineup. Oh, this is so great. <laughs> <laughs> How you been, Nick? Everything good? I can't complain. I uh, I, I feel uh, as healthy as Steve Garvey looks. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does look healthy. He does look healthy. All right. All right. This... So the the category is just Christmas characters. We've, uh, as usual, have failed to define what that even means. But uh, oh, we don't even know. I I thought we, should I not introduce everybody first and then and then I we... thought see I thought you were going to do it like one by one as you pull their names out, oh. which I think is kind of exciting. That is kind of exciting. Why don't we do it that way? All right, All right. Nick, you you have the first pick in our holiday character draft. Oh, this is astonishing. Uh, well. I'm I'm going to dive in uh, with the obvious number one choice, and that is the Vince Guaraldi trio. Wow! Uh, there there is nothing <laughs> that makes uh, that makes anyone feel more like Christmas and feel the warmth of, of giving and selflessness than the opening strains of of the, it's a Charlie Brown Christmas. Hmm. Recorded in San Francisco in 1965 by Vince Guaraldi. So, sorry to all the rest of the suckers playing today, (laughs) but jazz is off the table. All right. That I mean, I think we all knew that was going to be the number one pick, the Vince Guaraldi trio. Not since uh, not since Brandon McCarthy chose Christmas in Sarajevo as the best holiday song have we had such an obvious uh, thing taken off the board there that early. I'm also going to say to all of our um, guests here today, because there's 27 of us on this uh, podcast recording, you should all speak close to your microphones because I feel like we're in danger of no one being able to hear anybody. <laughs> Just pull right up next to the microphone and do it. All right. Um the second pick in the draft uh, belongs to uh, Alan Sepinwall. Oh, brother! <laughs> hey, guys! <laughs> that is that is how I introduce Alan. By the way, is just uh, Alan. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Loud booing. <laughs> we, got, we got booing from people who haven't even been introduced yet. I mean, this is this is madness. madness. I've I've become the villain of the podcast. I don't know how this happened. 
It is a role you play very, very well. All right, Alan. So first of all, what are you, what's your thought about the Vince Guaraldi trio getting picked with the first pick? Uh, I love the Vince Guaraldi trio. I was thinking of something else Peanuts related, but, uh, you know, I got to say Nick went outside the box and I liked it. Yeah, you're just saying that. You don't like you're it. Trying you to, like you're trying to buy back your villain status and it's not going to Should work. the trio count as all three of his picks? Oh, great question. <laughs> there's, there's already someone's protesting. This uh, I'll, I'll weigh in on that. No. Oh, <laughs> the ruling has come down. Really just getting Vince Guaraldi. The other two are there to be taken uh, for, for anybody. All right, Alan, you have the second pick. All right. Uh, for the second pick, I can't believe he is still on the board. Uh, <laughs> the greatest holiday character from the greatest uh, holiday movie of all time, John McClane from Die Hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a problem with John McClane from Die Hard, Linda Holmes? I, I don't. I admit, I don't. It's, no, that's a good pick. It's a good pick. It's a it's a good pick. It it is clearly setting this draft up for it to be a certain kind of draft. I would think. I mean, we we leave the innocence of the Vince Guaraldi trio right away to go into Die Hard. That seems <laughs> seems a little harsh uh, to to do that right off the start. But I think you're you're making this point, and and so we should we sh- this should be discussed. Is there anyone uh, among us? And feel free to jump in, even though I haven't introduced you yet. Is there anyone among us who would argue that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie? No, I, that debate is so is that's like a that I that debate is like made for Twitter. It's like exactly the kind of meaninglessness that Twitter traffics in. But it's, uh, what, I, what it's, kind of meaninglessness do we travel in? Well, a different kind of meaninglessness, a slightly rarer kind of meaninglessness, which I think is what which is what makes it. I guess everybody does. Everybody it doesn't sound like we have an argument anyway. I don't think anybody feels. No. Does it, anyone it feel? No one. No one feels that, right? I can't. I mean, also, like, who cares? It it takes place during Christmas. What difference does it make? All right, all right. With our third pick, we go to the booer herself, uh, who has already, by the way, thrown thrown down the gauntlet, thrown out the gauntlet, whatever it is. Uh, Linda Holmes. Linda, welcome. Hi, Joe. I apologize for sounding like I'm at the bottom of a trash can. You sound great now. You actually sound better now. Uh, Good, good, good. Okay, good, good. I'm so excited to be here. This is really exciting. I, 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 this is the beginning of my holiday season. (laughs) That's so great. That is so great that we can be a part of your holiday season. Um, Yeah. Would you like to, because there, I'm not going to name names because they'll probably come out and speak, but there were a couple of people in our group, uh, not, not too thrilled with you kind of just being, uh, uh, coming out on late, Twitter. Late. Just, <laughs> with, just with me being late. Well, everybody's happy with you being late, Yeah, but okay. you going out on Twitter and basically calling everybody out and basically saying that you were going to win this draft without even, uh, before it even started. And yeah. If, a few complaints there were i'm just saying there were a few complaints well she did this last year remember she called at the beginning of the draft i believe didn't you say that you were you were going to win and it was pointless for the rest of us to even participate you came in very strong last i time. probably i probably did that sounds like <laughs> me <laughs> but you have worked hard on this list i think is the is the is the bottom line yeah yes i have i have so right. so would, would you like me to reveal my first pick we, Please. we are desperate to, to hear okay it. So in putting together your holiday team, you have to start with the muscle, I feel. Sure. So you have to start with someone adequately tough, merciless, uh, able to defend you in a fight, 
So I am going with Heat Miser from the Rankin Bass special, The Year Without a Santa Claus. And if you've never seen The Year Without a Santa Claus and you don't know Heat Miser and Snow Miser, then you are missing one of the most important parts of the holiday season. I actually have Heat Miser and Snow Miser bobbleheads on my desk at work. Uh, and it's the, they're the guys, if you've ever seen it, who do like the little songs. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. And uh, I think the part that appeals to me the most is that they say uh, he's too much. And as someone who is too much, I love the heat miser. Linda, what has happened in your life that when you draft holiday characters, your first instinct is I need to protect myself from violence? (laughs) I just feel like a team has to have you can't start with marshmallow part of your your holiday team. What do you imagine the team is doing? <laughs> what, what competition are they entered in? They're marauding. Okay. Mar- marauding holiday characters is what we're dealing yeah. with here. When, when I, I was first, so I have to tell you, honestly, my first thing I was going to pick was uh, Gloria, who's the woman in all the Christmas carols. Sure. Um, you might hear many Christmas carols about her. I was going to draft Gloria, but, or I was going to draft. But don't um, say what, don't, don't give your picks away. Come on. <laughs> You, there were, first of all, other people might take them, but then you might be able to take them when it snakes back around to you. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. With our fourth, well, is it fourth? Yeah. Fourth pick, uh, having just pulled this name from the hat, uh, Brandon McCarthy. Brandon, how are you? Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, very nice. Very nice. How are you now, doing? Are you Brandon, the good? last time um, last time we spoke to you, we talked to you about um, – things that you might want to do in your retirement for major league baseball. And you talked very eloquently and for a very long time about power washing garages. This is, this um, is, it's so great that you brought this up because yesterday, no joke for the first time in my life, I power washed and it was no. everything wow. that I hoped it would be. And I'm actually really outside of the window that I'm looking at right now. I'm staring at it and I want to just go use it again on more things. <laughs> Wait, did you, did you power wash your own house or garage? No, our like patio furniture because it's Arizona summers are not good on furniture. So they just, you get sand sure. and dirt on everything. So you have to wash it to start it over. So my wife finally was like, let's clean these off. So we borrowed, I think I'm getting one for Christmas. So we borrowed a neighbor's. <laughs> uh, so this is in my unofficial dry run. There are, there are and it lived so, up to the hype, you're saying. God, sorry, there are, I, have, I have so many questions. I'm sorry. I have just have so, so what you're saying is, that you that you your plan to become the the masked power washer was 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 created having you having never power washed in your entire life. <laughs> this surprises me too. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of videos of it, and they looked <laughs> they looked great. And so it was like I think that's in my future. I needed the time, and I needed like I could have gotten injured yesterday, and nobody would have cared. I felt like I would have been a little bit more worried about power washing off my foot or something if I was still playing. But now I can do it scot-free. <laughs> I, so, I see. So the correct like honorarium, the correct term of address for you is amateur power washing enthusiast Brandon McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, if we could shorten that up. I mean, like Batman sounds awesome. I, I still think it's like in the model of Batman. Um, the model of Batman. Well, yeah. you're, well you're, that's what you aspire to be. Currently, you are amateur power washing enthusiast, Brandon McCarthy. Yeah, right now. You I'll hope just, to be someday. How about jet, yeah. jet Wash? Jet Wash is a good superhero name. 
Ooh, that's really isn't Jetwash the thing that Goose and Maverick fly through in Top Gun that causes them to spin out and <laughs> that right. kills Goose? That's, I think that's quite right. a good superhero name. That's even cooler. Uh, Linda, you're <laughs> so good at this. Jetwash. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Jetwash. I like this a lot. All right, Brandon, you got your pick. You are you are the uh, fourth pick here. I, I mean, I know I can't top last year's, and this one is just it's it's probably too easy. But I'm going for the real wide popular pick here but it's i've got to go with buddy the elf i think i think now like christmas is is so picked over it's so hard to do that anything that's come out in the last 10 years that has like lasting staying power for a christmas character that like i know my kids are gonna love and i know their kids will probably love buddy elf like combines all of that together where he's likable he's an adult like there's innocence um the first time I saw it, I thought it was, and I still think one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen, which is such a throwaway joke, but the, when he runs into the coffee shop and just screams at him, congratulations for having the best <laughs> cup of coffee ever, just because it was on their sign. It was just such a fast, arbitrary joke that I find it endlessly hilarious. And so he had to be my number one. I got to say that's a strong pick. It's a good I, pick. That's, I, that's a good pick. That's, I mean, there's just, there's, you know, I'm not saying last year's pick was a disaster. Um, Mike, Mike is saying that. I'll say not, that, yeah. <laughs> but this, this is probably. I mean, you already have won most improved player. I mean, that's the. Oh, don't you think? yeah! Congratulations on winning most <laughs> drafter. You know, it's a little bit of a downside with with last year, and I know all of us have some level of of internet popularity. Where usually, if you mention something, the tweet, just anything, you just kind of get something from them. Like I, I mentioned Starburst a couple years ago, and then two days later, a box of Starburst shows up at the house. You're like, this is wow. this is great. So I thought that was a lot of, you know, TSO love there that they would really, <laughs> I might, some tickets might show up. Maybe one of them would reach out. I've gotten nothing. It, nothing. No, it's, it hasn't dampened my enthusiasm for the song and the greatness of it, but it, I'm a little bit off the band, I think. I mean, wow. I would argue that the greatest possible gift you could be given by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra <laughs> is zero <laughs> communication from the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair to me. That seems fair to me. All right. Our fifth pick is Mike Desenzo. Not you, Mike. You're the sixth pick again. I can't believe it. it just it's so weird that that has happened two years in a row. So it seems it's unlikely, like, but okay. It does. The odds are not that big, but yet the sixth, the fifth pick belongs to Mike Desenzo. First of all, Mike, welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You uh, tell me, tell us a little bit about what's going on because uh, this has been kind of a, crazy time for you the last couple months i am also in um semi-retirement like brandon um what are you yeah, gonna power I, wash i was gonna say i think you mean like jet wash <laughs> i've been power wa- <laughs> <laughs> I've i would been, like to sorry. see a race to see who's gonna become jet wash i don't <laughs> i don't think it's i don't think it's done yet i mean you know mike has I've got more Go ahead. yeah i've been watching the view i've been taking piano lessons uh making tea <laughs> Uh, what did you do after? Day. What did you do after eleven a.m. <laughs> on, on the first day? <laughs> well, uh, at one point, I practiced tying a tie for about forty-five minutes. Oh. Wow! Just because I always end up watching YouTube tutorials like at the last minute when I have to put on a tie, so I was like, "Let me just get this down." Great. Times. So it sounds like you're definitely not going insane, which is good. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we should say that Mike, uh, Mike, of course, was the showrunner of the Tonight Show, and uh, and what what was the date that you actually uh, left uh, the Tonight? Show? I left on it was my exact ten year anniversary of wow. uh, starting with Jimmy, so it was a full decade start to finish. Very cool, very emotional scene there of you and Jimmy at the end there with a little yeah, bit of a... it was a, it was really a it couldn't have gone better. My parents were in the audience. It was it was very lovely and also perfectly timed so i can uh get to what i really want to do which is watch the view Mm -hmm. (laughs) tie ties do some tying here's a question for you that i bet nobody it's like being thick home from school every like but forever here's a here's a question for you that i'm sure nobody has asked you so what Hmm. are you going to do now like what what are you you doing (laughs) Like I'm just taking some time off to just live life a little bit, and then I'll I'll figure it out. That's well, oh. you should. It's well, you should. Yeah. More importantly, what is your pick? Because you have the fifth pick in our draft here. Yes. Okay. So the picks have all been good so far. I. That's not true. My favorite movie, favorite Christmas movie, is Home Alone. So I was thinking Kevin, but decided to go with uh, Old Man Marley, the <laughs> next door neighbor. Sure. Sure. He's basically, you know, he's like the Boo Radley of Christmas. Yes. <laughs> so he saves, he actually saves Kevin from getting murdered because at some point the wet bandits goal changed from <laughs> stealing things to murdering a 10 year old boy. Mm-hmm. He, so he comes in, he saves Kevin right as Harry says, I'm going to bite all your fingers off one at a time, which is an insane thing because they, they, they had the house free. They could have taken the TVs or the jewelry, whatever they wanted, but instead they decided they wanted blood. But I think old man Marley's great because he, he taught Kevin about being open-minded about uh, people and appearances. And, uh, you know, he's a hero. He's a Christmas hero. And if I get the picks I want, you'll see the common theme. Mm. Christmas, Christmas hero. All right. Um, Do you think that um, before we... Uh, meet old man Marley in that movie. Do you think he's like sitting in his house, essentially watching the like late eighties or early nineties equivalent of the view and learning how to tie ties and stuff? And that's why you feel like that a is special my goal. Kinship? My goal is to <laughs> like aspiring to be the old man. That's right. Um, excellent, excellent. I think I think it's a it's a very very solid pick. I I also think Santa Claus is out there going, what in the hell is this thing? What is this draft? What is this draft? All right. Michael, you have the sixth pick. Such bad luck that I get the last pick in the draft. It's really weird. I look this. All I do is pick the names out of the hats. Yeah, no, I, I listen. I have full faith in the process. (laughs) Uh, There's no way that this would be intentional. So of course not. No, that wouldn't happen. All right, you guys are all ding dongs. The number one pick is the Grinch. Everybody knows it. It's insane that I get that I pick sixth and, and still get to pick the Grinch. It's crazy. The only single piece of entertainment of filmed entertainment that is worth watching every single Christmas without exception is how the Grinch stole Christmas. The Grinch is the best character. He's hilarious. He is, uh, it's, it's 30 minutes long and it tells the most complete story you could ever hope to have at the holiday season. He starts off as the worst, most evil, terrible guy. He's got a, a dog that he mistreats. He sits up on a hill and he stares angrily at this group of adorable little creatures that who wanted all they want to do is be happy. And he's just so angry all the time. <laughs> he's so miserable and angry. And he goes down and he steals all their stuff. And he is so creepy to this little girl. And he pats her on the head and he shoves her away and he, he steals every little thing they have. And then when he sees them 
be happy again. His heart grows enormously and he turns into this wonderful, happy person who goes down and he gets to cut the roast beast. And the idea that you could tell a story of what the holiday spirit truly means in that short a time with that character is uh, it's the only lesson you ever need to know or ever need to like teach your kids about the holidays. It's so wonderful. I literally can't believe I was like. I thought for sure that one of you ding-dongs was going to take the Grinch before I had the chance to. I literally can't believe that nobody took the Grinch. You're such fools. You have already lost. I have already, I'm Linda Holmesing this. I have already won this draft. I picked sixth and got the Grinch. Are you kidding me? This is insane. This is pure insanity. The heat miser was taken before the Grinch. The only pick that is anywhere close to the Grinch is Buddy. Anywhere close. Old man Marley is an is like a 25th round pick maybe it's like old man marley is mike piazza being picked because tommy lasorda said do me a favor and pick my friend's kid. That the idea that Dodgers. you picked you reference yeah, a hall of I'm just saying. that <laughs> that's a bad right. analogy, yeah that's mike. that's the right that's the right lesson to take from this you guys are insane i picked i took gun, the mike? i t- Does he have a machine john mcclain is like, look John McClane is a defensible first round pick. Buddy is a defensible first round pick. None of these others are defensible twentieth <laughs> round picks. And I took the Grinch and I've already won this draft. The heat miser controls the weather. The weather. He will he can set the Grinch on fire. He would completely beat the Grinch in any fight. Why is this warfare to you? I don't understand this. We're not fighting, Linda. We're t- choosing our favorite characters. You guys, you're like, you, this is not, who are the best holiday characters for world domination or something? What's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? That's the question. Go ahead. Is this Nick. draft snaked or not? Do I get to pick again? You do not get to pick again. Oh, Nick, man. Uh... Nick, how do you feel about the Grinch as the first round pick? Uh, I, you know, it's okay. Um, it's you know, it seems like choosing uh, choosing bread as uh, you know best food items. Um, True. Choosing the Vince I, Garaldi trio is like choosing capers as the best food item. Listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of social commentary. Is he walking away from the microphone? What's happening? Nick, <laughs> Nick, we can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? That's better. Yes. Yeah. I sorry, I was I was I, apparently I was cowed by the bullying I was feeling. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um I you know, I guess not everyone shares my affinity for the opening strains of uh the, the image of Linus and Snoopy dancing to the Vince Guaraldi trios jazz tones. Um, but, but the, the oh, Grinch is not bad. I would argue that a case could be made for his dog, Max, uh, yeah, as, yeah. Yeah. as an equally charismatic character. <laughs> well, well, as it turns out, you have the next pick, so you can, you can take Max or anybody else you want. All right. And just to, uh, to, to bolster Linda's work, Heat Miser was, uh, was high on my list as well. That's, that's a solid, wow. solid pick. Um, um, but ha- having come back around to me, uh, I will, I will go for, uh, St. Nicholas, um, the, the third century, uh, saint and bishop <laughs> for whom, uh, so many of the Christmas traditions are named and a little known fact, uh, the tradition of hanging your stockings out, 
come from uh, the legend of St. Nicholas when young daughters uh, required a dowry to be wed to a, uh, you know, a sufficient family, families would worry that if they didn't have enough wealth for a dowry, that their daughters would be sold into slavery. And so St. Nicholas would come by at night and either, depending on the translation you, you read, he would either throw bags of gold through the window or he would slide down the chimney and leave bags of gold in the uh, in the girls' stockings that were drying by the fireplace. Oh. So you know, and obviously he's the uh, he's the inspiration for Santa Claus, uh, one of them. So um, you know, that's kind of like choosing uh, the restaurant as a food item. Saint <laughs> Nicholas. Is the foundation of this entire uh, is the reason that we ha- even have this episode of the podcast. There's there's something there's something that I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure about. So are you saying that a different translation of Saint Nicholas's uh, uh, actions would actually have us throwing gifts out the window at people in bags? I mean, is this uh, no? Is, is this quite, uh, quite the opposite? It would have us roaming the streets and throwing gifts. <laughs> In through people's windows. Oh, in through the window. Based on the, on their need, funny. yeah. That would actually be awesome. That would be. I sort of like the, the power washing <laughs> of gift giving. Exactly. Well, well, I was actually suggesting we have a couple of people who are looking for something to do. Um, have them wander around throwing gifts through people's windows or into people's – if the windows are, 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 are closed – um, through the windows, but it doesn't matter. But I mean, it's because it is of need. It is what they need. So this is that to me is like that. That is the true spirit of, of Christmas in my view. Yeah, there you have it. And it, it took me a lot less than 30 minutes to get that across. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's, there's some bad blood over here. All right. So uh, next pick belongs to Alan. All right. So I'm, I'm going to do something crazy here, but I'm sticking with the instructions we were given by you, Joe Poznanski, where you, there's no, no instructions you, there. Don't, don't even think about blaming. You said the draft is no holiday characters and quote, you can consider that as broadly or narrowly as you like. Oh yeah. No, that's true. Okay. That's true. So that is true. it just says holiday. It does not specify which holiday. Therefore, I'm going to take Phil Connors from Groundhog Day. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> it, is a, it is a holiday. I mean, this is – this is a, okay, wait, TV. hold on. Stop, 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 stop. Everybody stop. Let's just agree right now we are all yeah, filing is... a joint protest. This draft is under protest officially with the commissioner's office. We hope to get a swift ruling. We, this will be appealed and it will be overturned. And Alan's, all of Alan's picks in this draft, and I think in any subsequent draft he ever takes part in, will be ruled null and void. This, is, the, one of the cra- this is one of the craziest things I have ever Alan, 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 I have to ask it's, you, have I ever told you the story of when I was taking a criminology class at Oberlin and the professor asked what the worst crime was and a woman <laughs> raised her hand and said, apathy? Basically... You are that woman right now. <laughs> you are apathy woman. <laughs> Alan, you just drafted glue in the food draft. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> 
It's said holiday. I picked someone from a holiday. What did I do wrong? It's December 10th. <laughs> no, it is December 10th. You knew exactly what we were doing here. Look, look, if you had taken like <laughs> Gradle Boy or something, okay, maybe. Wow. Maybe, Rain, you could Gradle pull that Boy off. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like Hanukkah. I don't have any use for Hanukkah at all. I really don't. I never have. Uh, but regardless, um, go ahead. Tell, fill, fill us in on the Phil Connors. No, don't let him, don't let him elaborate. Uh, I feel the pain. All right. Oh, well, no, I, I it. Let's get the whole, let's get it. Let's hear it. Let's hear the explanation. Go <laughs> I ahead. I want the explanation. Okay. I want the whole thing. If you think of any holiday um, in, in the history of holidays, and you say, all right, well, what what is sure. one piece of popular culture? What is one character you will always think of when you think of that holiday? You know, th- you could come up with sure. a lot of people for Christmas. It took until the second round for someone here to say Santa Claus. When you say Groundhog Day, you're not thinking about anybody but Bill Murray in Groundhog Punks Day. Punks Tony Phil. Punks Tony Phil. Or, 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 yeah, <laughs> Phil Connors kidnaps yeah, Punks Tony Phil, and they go off the cliff into the rock quarry together. I didn't think this was possible, Alan, but I think your explanation made that just way worse. I really think that it is now, uh, it is a disaster beyond saving. Uh, Mike, will you let us know when uh, when we hear back from the commissioner on this? I will, yes. I fi- I'll just file the protest. There, the, I, t- I texted the protest, and there's yeah. already the dots on my phone <laughs> indicating that the commissioner is texting his response. So I assume Goodell will weigh in very quickly, and we'll have I would an answer imagine. very quickly. I would, all right. Do we have I feel time? Like I feel like Alan could save it by if he picked Phil uh, for every single <laughs> pick in his draft. Oh, interesting. Right. If he had done it one yep. pick, first pick, second pick, and third pick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Groundhog yep. his own yep. draft. Blew, blew it with Die Hard. Hey, guys. Die hard. Uh, this might be a good time to pause and, and uh, dip into a Yankee Minute. Yankee Minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. I think this is a good time to pause and, and dip into a Yankee Minute. Mike, your thoughts on uh, you know actually there was a uh, there was a an earlier conversation about uh, the Yankees and Paul O'Neill that I think Mike would love to share with us. Well, Brandon logged on um, with and used the uh, handle Paul O'Neill. Now he claims that it's not the Paul O'Neill who played for the New York Yankees, who was really gritty, and he you remember him? He had a lot of grit and hustle. Yeah. He yes. was a dirt dog. He played the game the right way. He was, in, he was really intense. He was sort of a throwback. Do you remember him? He was, he was a good clubhouse guy. Uh, this is tons of intangibles. He was a real leader. He had a fiery presence about him. Um, he was gritty. Did I mention he was gritty? He was. Um, he was gritty. He was very gritty. He was. He had a lot of hustle, a lot of heart. He was a yeah. kind of a real, he was a true Yankee, obviously. He oh, was a sure. real, cha- he had the heart of a champion. Yeah. He did a lot of things that didn't show up in the box score. Um, <laughs> he did. He did. And uh, he this is all things. a way of, a long way of saying he was a white man uh, who played for the Yankees and was fairly good. And then, so we were about to make fun of Brandon for that. And then Brandon claims that that's not the Paul O'Neill that he was referencing. Am I wrong in this? Who is the Paul O'Neill who you were actually referencing? Uh, he's the creator of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It was a different, That's right. different much more prolific Paul O'Neill. Who's... A, d- a different, <laughs> terrible Paul O'Neill. That's who Brandon logged on with. Not the Paul O'Neill that was designed to make my blood boil, which it definitely did, right. but a different Paul O'Neill designed to make my blood boil, which it also did. 
Which it turns out you also know of a third Paul O'Neill who also makes your blood. It might be your least favorite name <laughs> on the planet. Yes, the treasury, the first treasury secretary under George W. Bush was also named Paul O'Neill. Although he doesn't make my blood boil as much because despite being part of a administration that I didn't care much for, he resigned because George W. Bush and Dick Cheney refused to uh, get rid of their tax cut when we went to war in the Middle East. Is there which, someone... Uh, is there someone playing this Paul O'Neill in the new movie? It's a great question. Don't know. I uh, I don't know. But yeah, Paul O'Neill's not a great name in terms of making me personally happy. Yes. Yeah. Paul O'Neill specifically, uh, that that collection of syllables really is not great for you. It's yeah. Not, not a huge fan. All right. Yeah. Good, Good Yankee, Yankee Minute. minute. <laughs> you know, that's really what the Yankee Minute should be. It should just be us remembering a Yankee that we that just drove us off the deep end. So I assume for Linda's third pick, she's going to choose General George S. Patton. <laughs> look, look, Groundhog Day is a movie about learning the true spirit of Groundhog oh, no, Day. No, no, and Phil no, Connors no. learns Alan, it. No. I just no. heard from uh, I heard from Roger Goodell. Let me just read this aloud. Stop draft immediately. Authorities on their way to Seppenwall's house. No one move until we get there. This is a disaster. Like Elon Musk, I do not wow, respect the... the authority of Roger Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should have taken Elon Musk. All right, yet, Linda. Yet another way you and Elon Musk are similar. <clears throat> Linda, you have uh, the next pick. Okay, so for my second pick, uh, I am picking uh, the greatest logistics manager in Hollywood. Uh, I'm sorry, in holiday history. Um, and that is Mrs. Claus. Now, uh, okay. you might think that Santa does most of the work, but I want you to keep in mind that he is a man who uh, works around both manufacturing and um, and livestock and nevertheless insists on white trim on his uniform, which yeah. means somebody is cleaning that uniform. And I suspect that that is a couple that has traditional gender roles and she winds up doing the laundry. She also is responsible for holding down the fort while he is taking on this rather preposterous task of traveling the globe. Um, so um, I'm choosing Mrs. Claus to be my manager of logistics for my <laughs> army. <laughs> um, while Heat Miser is out in front, just blowing fire. What I do not understand what's happening. <laughs> I'm just I'm just preparing for the holidays to come. What do you think is going to happen <laughs> at Christmas time? What what is what is this? This is like you're like um, David Koresh or something. Like you're like preparing for a siege. No, I'm not at all. I just feel like when you put together your team, you have to have a, a combination of like the tough people, the soft sure. heart, the soft hearted people. Um, look, I, I, Logistics I stand by all my, I stand by my picks. I stand by my picks. Mr. Oh. I picked the Grinch. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> There's nothing you can say. There's literally nothing you can say that will make me feel bad about choosing the Grinch. He, There's a, go you ahead. picked, you worst. picked management. Max is labor. You picked management, which mistreats him and, and beats him. And then at the end, somebody gives gives management a meal, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, I'm nice now." And Max goes in to get passed. That's not what. It that's is, not what happens. That is a facile no, explanation of that it story. Is so you know worse. It. They're like, "Oh, here's some free meat." He's like, "Cool, I'm nice now." 
terrible. Absolutely. He doesn't become nice because of the meat. That is absurd. He does not become nice because they give him dinner. That's a, that's a complete failure of causal effect on your part. And you know it. You're being disingenuous. Take that back. (laughs) I would never, I would never. Okay. He becomes, he becomes nice because he watches them uh, holding hands and singing a terrible song around an invisible tree, which is not something that happens. Management does not suddenly become benevolent. I stand by my position. You're going to make me so angry that you're going to actually need the muscle and the logistical <laughs> tactics. This is, this is my point. This is my point. You have to be prepared for all eventualities. All right. Um, <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> Brandon, you have the uh, the next pick. God, I feel after drafting after Linda's spot is a real task in this draft. Point just is, <laughs> it makes me rethink my entire draft strategy because I don't know what we're drafting for. Um, so I'm going to stay broad. I'm just, I'm just watching a war happening. Yeah, I, and you're there with Buddy the Elf trying to sort of just survive this, right. this apocalyptic uh, Christmas that uh, that uh, Linda has set. Some for people us. are in this on a granular level. Some people, like Alan, didn't understand the exercise at all. Other people are preparing. For I read war. the rules and followed the rules as laid out by Joe Posnanski. Apathy. How many lawyers oh. did you have? Oh. <laughs> So I'm going to take for my second pick, and I'm going to stay very broad on the Christmas thing, is is Cousin Eddie. Because um, Cousin Eddie, to me, is the perfect like representation of family Christmas, where it's someone who's in the Christmas spirit. You're just, you don't want to spend a ton of time around, but it's okay in the small dose, but they just somehow can get everything wrong, especially the gift-giving process. Like <laughs> I think him going and stealing his boss in the middle of the night is the perfect representation of getting some crap gift from your aunt. Um, and so I think that's, that's why cousin Eddie fits for me. He's just always made sense as that like family character that, uh, he's, he's family Christmas to me. I gotta say, Mike, uh, this guy's killing it. He's just killing it. This Are you is crazy. This, no, no, that's, that's a, I'm telling you, that's a solid pick. I think that's just another solid pick from, from Brandon McCarthy. Good one. All right. so much surprise in your voice. Jeez. <laughs> I- <laughs> there, there is deep surprise in my voice. There is no surprise in Mike's voice because he hated that pick. He just hated it. I, but I just it, like everyone has their thing. Clearly, we're like realizing what the thing is. And Brandon's thing is that history started in like 1996. <laughs> That's the earliest back. That wait, Brandon, wait till you, that wait till you hear was, my third pick. It, <laughs> it's something that happened like in the last 20 minutes, I guess. <laughs> it's going to be Alan. All right, so um, with the with the next pick, uh, Mike D, you you are up. You've been kind of silent. You need to get in on it. I'm in on it. Here's here's my next my next pick. So I recently watched the uh, Rudolph, and I I have to go with Yukon Cornelius. Yes, Yukon Cornelius. All right, he's he's everything you want in a hero. He's (laughs) clever. He's bombastic. He's got catchphrases. He's he does have catch positive. He's open-minded. You know, he never he never once questions Rudolph's red nose. Even Santa Claus himself was being a total dick about it until he realized <laughs> that they could benefit him directly. And you know, even with the the abominable snowman, he he doesn't kill him. He reforms him, and he's got that dude you know putting a star on the top of a Christmas tree by the end of the thing. So he's just he's just great. He's you know, he might seem a little dumb or single-minded, but he's got a lot of heart, and he saves the day. As again, that's maybe a common theme in mine. I like the heroes, so 
got a couple of Christmas heroes. I'm I'm t- first of all, there are two there are two points to be made on this. One is just I, I I like the pick. I think it's a very strong pick. I think UConn Cornelius is a great guy. But the second point is one that that definitely needs to be discussed, which is how awful is Santa Claus in in Rudolph the the Red Nose Ranger? Yeah, he's he's the worst. He's the worst in general. He's a kind of a problematic guy. <laughs> he's a very <laughs> problematic guy. Very problematic. And I always wondered that if you really if you really examine Santa Claus. Nick, as as someone who took the the uh, the sort of original Santa Claus, do you feel like that the Santa Claus from Rudolph is representative of of what Santa should be? Uh, well, it's probably a more realistic take. I mean, as Linda pointed out, the the guy's got his plate overly full, and you know, uh, we all know very nice people who say can create an entire TV series, and they're sometimes the, their list of tasks becomes overwhelming and that might cause them to overlook something special like a, like a light up red nose or a large mustache or a penchant for uh, red meat. You know, the, 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 <clears throat> the those special little uh, diamonds in the rough that it, it, you know, you have to, you have to create clear skies around you in order to be able to notice the particularly special clouds. That's, that's beautiful. Mm, well like put. That. <laughs> really, really beautiful. That's good. That's really good. I think it's a good pick. Uh, Mike, you have the next pick. So, uh, Michael, what is, uh, first of all, how do you feel about UConn Cornelius? Uh, that's a good pick. It's a good can't, pick, right? I can't hit Mike D for that. That's a good Thank pick. Um, I was going to, uh, I, I had a bunch of people I wanted to take. But um, oh, Alan kind of changed the rules. The rules. So going on Alan's, oh, going on Alan's interpretation of the rules. My second pick is a three-way tie. It's Albert Einstein, Gandhi, and Harriet Tubman. So all three of them, going by Alan's rules, like were alive during holidays, right? So that they count as holiday figures. Um, you could argue that. Einstein's uh, Einstein was offered the presidency of Israel, so I'm going to award Hanukkah all of Hanukkah to him based on Alan's interpretation of the draft. Um, Gandhi like didn't eat for a while, and we eat at holidays, so that make that's good enough, I guess, by Alan's rules to say that Gandhi is associated now with holidays. And Harriet Tubman just like did wonderful things for humanity, and that's sort of what the holidays are about. And again, by Alan's definition of this draft, I think that counts. So. I'm choosing Albert Einstein, Gandhi, and Harriet Tubman for my holiday draft. Look, Mike, I'm sorry that you feel embarrassed that I thought more outside the box than you were prepared to do, and this is how you're reacting by lashing out at me. I feel confident that I played by the rules as laid out by Joe. I mean, it's the authorities will be at your house shortly, and then this will all be over. Come at me, I'm going to pick the, there's a hundred thousand good characters left. Cause you guys have all picked weirdly. Um, so I, I'm going to, I, if I chose the person I actually want to choose, I would end up uh, tilted too far in a certain direction. So I'm going to pick, and you guys are going to make fun. I'm going to preface this by saying you're all going to make fun of me for this, but I don't care because the only other piece of entertainment that I feel like is worth watching every year 
at the holiday time is it's a wonderful life. Uh, That's what you're saying right now, Uh, but I don't care. And I'm picking Clarence Oddbody, the angel from it's a wonderful life. Now, George Bailey's a great guy and he does a lot of good things and he tries really hard, but he's a little whiny and he, he's a little bit like, um, I don't know. He's, he's Jimmy Stewart. He's great, but he's like a little bit uh, mushy or something. And I feel that I empathize more with Clarence because Clarence is old and he's tried a hundred times to get his wings and he's just kind of beaten down and it doesn't look like it's going to go well. And then he has an awesome idea. He has an idea that's so good that it, it, it's been copied a billion times since that movie came out, which is show people what their lives would be like if they weren't if they'd never been born. Sure. And it's very moving, I think, at the end when the bell rings on the tree and the angel gets his wings and George Bailey says, way to go, Clarence, or whatever he says. I haven't seen the movie in a while. <laughs> but <laughs> I find it very moving because he just he, he he seems like a guy when you meet him who's not good. It's not going to work out for him. He's just he's really beaten down. And uh, and it's I find it very moving at the end in a, in a weird way. That movie is about Clarence Oddbody. So uh, I'm going with him for my number two. It's it's at a boy, Clarence's, by the way, how it ends. Uh, we go. watch it. We watch it every single year. So, of course, I love that pick. Uh, I, I I want other people to insult you for that because I cannot insult you for what is one of my all time favorite movies and holiday traditions. Is I, 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 ma- don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. What, <laughs> you want to know what's wrong with me? Yeah. What is wrong with you? You said you picked the Grinch. And then you were like, ah, George Bailey's a little whiny. It's like <laughs> the Grinch is more com- is more compatible with your holiday ideals than George No, Bailey. the Grinch is evil and then becomes good. George Bailey is just a little, he's like a little milk toasty. I point. thought you were going to take Nick from from It's a Wonderful Life, who's who's the the guy who, uh, who uh, you know, to get me, I'm giving out wings. The guy who-, who The bartender, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the bartender. Uh, who's nice? So he he sort of has a reverse Grinch thing. I guess he starts off nice, and then and then when uh, he goes back to look at what his life is like, he's uh, he's not the best. But there yeah, is I one mean, there is one fundamental problem with that movie, I think, which is that when he first walks into town in the sort of alternate universe where he was never sure. born, the town is so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun, like the bars rollicking, and there's like. There's like ladies dancing sexily on the bar and everyone's like, woo, and everyone's drunk and they're like getting into fist fights. And like, it's such a more fun town to live in. Like, it's it's like when he goes back at the end and it's and it's back to normal and he's running through and going, hi, hi. It's like, yeah, it's boring. It's a boring, like, you know, 40s suburb with no life to it. And when he, when he shows up, it's it rules. That town rules. Like, it's basically like Atlantic City. And it's like, I kind of feel like it's better off. You want to live in Potterville is what you're I saying. I kind of want to live in Potterville. Wouldn't you rather live in Potterville? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I always get a little bit like um, a little bit uh, of a twinge of like uh, sadness when it goes back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not how I feel generally. Uh, All right. But that's but look, I, I think Clarence Abadi is a, is a great pick. There are a lot of good characters in that in that uh movie that you could have chosen. Nick, how do you feel about uh, about Clarence Oddbody as a pick? I, I think that's a solid pick. And uh, I, it, I, I've had my second cup of coffee, and I now just want to take a moment to uh, take a deep breath and tell you all in the Christmas spirit that I love you, and I, I wish you... <laughs> I feel I feel like I was getting a little riled up earlier. Uh, I may have been tr- triggered by Linda's bullying uh, tw- Twitter messages, and I'm I'm gonna step off of that 
and uh, I give you all a virtual hug. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's that's nice. That is if, that's very. If you Christmas. guys are wondering what it was like to work with Nick Offerman, <laughs> that's exactly what it was like to work with Nick Offerman. He would come into your office or call you on the phone and just say, "I admire you." And I respect you, and I'm very glad to know you as a person. And then he would leave, like every day. He would do something like that every day. <laughs> that doesn't seem too hard. That seems pretty good. But but isn't everybody like that, really, that you've worked with? Yeah, very typical in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, <clears throat> Nick, it's time for your third pick. Okay, now I think Mike, uh, Mike, sure that, that this is uh, this is who you were alluding to when you said. You, uh, you weren't going to pick this character because it would tip uh, your choices in one direction. And uh, it's it, this is also a kind of a no-brainer, but it's the most classic holiday character, and that is Ebenezer Scrooge. Sure, uh, Scrooge. Who arguably um, the Grinch, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, and really all of these Christmas stories could be said to be some sort of diminution of a Christmas Carol. Uh, if, if you haven't read the Dickens, I highly recommend it. It sounds stodgy and thick, I think to, to lovers of popular culture, but you'll be astonished at how funny he is and how poignant. Um, and the thing about Scrooge is that sort of in my reckoning puts him above all these other fictional characters is that his story has ghosts and those are cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's a single thing you can argue with any of that. And kind of, I got to say, uh, sort of the steal the draft because he's right. Many of the choices that have been taken are really just, just directly aligned from Ebony. Scrooge, Scrooge wannabes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're Scrooge wannabes. I, I, I think that's that's one hundred percent right. That is that is an excellent, excellent uh, pick. And by the way, a great. Uh, the book is amazing. The book, the, the 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 Dickens is is amazing. I like how you said you should read the Dickens. Like, is there another uh, like uh, Christmas Carol that you can read? Like, did somebody else write a Christmas Carol that I'm not aware of? Well, there there probably is, but that was just a, a convenient way of of citing the author and saying I see, like I see. you should read it in the the original Steinbeck as it were in the original film. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. I feel uh, like it's, maybe it the amazing. Muppets Christmas Carol might be the definitive <laughs> version of the story. Mm. I think that's fair to say right there. All right. Um, Alan, you have, are we even letting Alan pick? I mean, what, what are we, what he is can the pick rule? whoever he wants? It's not going to count. Like he, <laughs> he's been removed from the draft formally. It's basically, so. like, it, basically it's like sacking the quarterback after you've already been called offside. So it doesn't matter. You can do it if you want, but you don't, you don't, uh, okay. it won't count. So I predict he picks, I predict he picks Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Alan, we got several people making predictions. Well, I had a number of December holiday characters in mind for this pick, including (laughs) Sue, the Lauren Graham character from Bad Santa, Sally Albright from When Harry Met Sally, which is on New Year's Eve, a number of others. But you guys have been both so mean and so unfair to me that I'm sticking with my original strategy here. So I'm going one Christmas, (laughs) one Groundhog Day, and one Halloween for my third pick. I take great (laughs) pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Classic three holidays. 
<laughs> the great oh, no. pumpkin who is not only part of the greatest of all the peanuts holiday specials but also like is a is an sure. incisive parody of santa claus and the over commercialization of christmas i feel good with that pick i can't believe he's still on the board now i gotta be honest <laughs> with you here now now I, I, and 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 i'm willing to be overruled on this that's closer to a christmas pick that like that one at least you can sort of tie <laughs> why back because to Halloween is proximate more no, closely no, no, calendar no. related or something no because he could make the argument that the Great Pumpkin is indeed uh, a parody of the over commercialization of Christmas that you could say basically it is the Halloween Santa so you could make the argument look it doesn't matter he's already at we we already know he's already gone. I mean, but, but if if he had made that with the second pick and sort of tied it back to Christmas, no, I just think I just, you, don't, you don't think the commissioner would have given him a little bit of leniency on this? No, no, absolutely not. This isn't. This is one of the craziest things that's ever happened. Joe, you can't run that far outside the baseline and then pretend to come back to your first. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Y'all are y'all are playing checkers and I'm playing chess and I feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a checkers tournament, man. You were disqualified. <laughs> it wasn't even chess, by the way. You were there playing, you know. All right. Uh, now for Linda's pick. Linda's gonna take the Mossad agents from Munich. Uh, no, not true. Um, first of all, I just want to say uh, Groundhog Day is actually closer to Christmas than Halloween in the calendar. Uh, anyway. Um, Good point. Thank you. Right. I was doing it Price is Right style where it was the closest way of going over. My favorite part is my favorite part is Alan saying thank you. Like that's somehow like, oh, okay, now you're fine, Alan. No no problem now. He feels like that means I'm on his side. All right. So uh, so now I've got some muscle, I've got some logistics, and um, the whole point is you have to balance that out with some heart. And you have to have some right. gentleness sure. and some love right. of others. And that's why my third pick is the little drummer boy. So <laughs> now I want you to picture Heat Miser, Mrs. Claus, and the little drummer boy making their way across a frozen landscape together. Because um, the, the little drummer boy, for as much as everyone makes fun of that song, um, is a... Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everyone makes fun of that song. Yeah. I, I believe no human has ever made more fun of that song than you did. <laughs> very specifically. Am I wrong about yeah, this? No, no. Did, did I, am I? Yeah, no, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I did. Yeah. It's the song. I was, this is insane. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. I chose the little drummer boy, which yes, I believe did. is the best Christmas carol. And you ruthlessly <laughs> laid into me. Ruthless. Ruthless. What is happening? <laughs> I was I was I was ridiculed. I was dragged across the coals by you. And now you're saying that's one of the three people you want in your holiday warfare themed strike force. What is happening? Yes. Okay. So the point is whatever, whatever one might say about the song, one might be me. I still believe (laughs) that the story, which is, you know, the character is a gentle person who just wants to play the drums for a sleeping baby. And what is wrong with that? What is not to love about? <laughs> Where was this Linda last year? <laughs> I believe Linda said specifically last year, nothing would be worse than having a drummer when you have a sleeping baby. Like literally that is the worst thing. That is like the opposite of heart. 
Okay, well, then I picked the heavenly host. No, too late. <laughs> I, I, I really do want to know, in, in all seriousness, how your three characters can connect in order to take over the world. Well, the point is that you you have to have a team that has... And see, I feel like Mike should understand this. I feel like Michael's entire television output has a very similar... You have to have some tough, you have to have some gentle, and then you just have some people who get stuff done. And that is how I put my team together. Again, I would ask you, what do you think this team is trying to do? What competition are they in? What, what is they're their just objective? Try, they're, they're just trying to get to next year, man. <laughs> well, well, there is something to that. There is definitely something to that. <laughs> Just they're just trying to survive the holidays. You have a you, this. That's what this is. It is a you. You entered a siege mentality. That's how you drafted this team. It was we are under siege. We are being assaulted, and we need to survive until January. I feel like you understand the merits of a well-rounded team, and you you're just pretending that you don't. I think that I was yelled at by you last year for choosing the little drummer boy. And now you've chosen the little drummer boy. And now I just don't know who you are. Like I thought I knew who you were as a person. Yeah. And now I don't uh -huh, know. who you uh -huh, are. Uh -huh. Well, you don't, you don't like apple pie or blueberry pancakes. So. Oh boy. Here we go. Now we, here we go. I know. I know who you are. Go ahead. I didn't think, I didn't think at the end of our, uh, at the end of your drafts, Linda, that you would have to go to the, to the pot fruit. I didn't, yeah. I thought you, I thought you would be in such a powerful position. Look, that hot fruit would be awful. Classic. What about ism? You know, that's, <laughs> you, you can't He's, win on the merits. And so you go, you, you, you argumentum ad hominem. He, uh, look, you started with the, I think you had a lot of support from people when you went with the hot fruit pies, but then you flew too close to the sun and you went after turkey dinners and blueberry, right. pa blueberry pancakes jet wash knows i'm right and i i <laughs> after a while you got to the point where you were just flailing around and now it's downright now it's just downright hostile wow you know if somebody skipped ahead to this part of the podcast and picked <laughs> up, they would have no earthly idea what was happening no earthly clue brandon you have your fourth your third pick rather so this is going to feel so set up to everyone. It's going to be unbelievable when they realize like how good Linda's drafting strategy has been. <laughs> Everybody's been mocking her for it, but I had my three picks have been set in stone other than cousin Eddie. I wanted to actually go with Marley, the neighbor from home alone. So I substituted him, but my third pick has been set in stone and she could not have drafted better to prepare against this, but I'm taking the German and British armies uh, from world war one. <laughs> And the reason I'm taking them is because they participated in the Christmas Eve truce in 1914 sure. on the Western Front. Uh, got together, had tea and coffee and played soccer in some cases. Um, but they were still two huge armies at that point. And I think she has really defended herself well against me having two armies on my team. Um, <laughs> so that's my pick. But I'm just, um, I thought I was going to dominate the world with my picks. And somehow she's kind of been been prepared for it nothing yeah. would make me happier than during that christmas truce if the german if your german and british armies teamed up and just overran linda's entire team and just <laughs> annihilated them just in cold blood just just heat miser just bleeding out on the on the on the on the frozen tundra of like the eastern front and just and 
just Mrs. Claus, like all her logistical power, just completely <laughs> helpless to stop the invading onslaught of two massive Western European armies. That would just, and the little drummer boy just sadly drumming as he watches, <laughs> just battalion after battalion coming up over the hill, like trying to rally Linda's troops by his little piddling drum as he just gets overwhelmed and destroyed and trampled on. I thought that's you now the that. image I'm. That's why I'm taking that image into the holidays with me. I thought, you, I thought you liked the little drummer boy. I used to, and then you yelled at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Mike D., you have uh, the next pick. Okay, well, going back to uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> as, we, as we obviously were. So I, I'm going to take, for my final pick, someone who I think fits my ideology and that is the Ghost of Christmas Present, specifically the Muppets Christmas Carol, because that guy's awesome. <laughs> I loved him as a kid. I just love how he's just so relentlessly optimistic. And sometimes those types of people can be annoying, but he kind of is just so oblivious to Scrooge's Scrooge-like nature. And he just he just brings so much joy that he changes Ebenezer Scrooge's mind about Christmas in like, you know, an hour? I mean, that's pretty powerful. And he's suddenly Scrooge has this whole redemption arc, but that wouldn't have happened without the ghost of Christmas present. And of, of course, I'm talking about Michael Caine's Ebenezer Scrooge from Muppets Christmas Carol, <laughs> the definitive version again. <laughs> I just think I, I, in, in times like this, it's he's a guy who lives in the here and now. And I think that's a pretty hard thing to do. And uh, I just... I love him. I I love the song from Muppets Christmas Carol. I love the the way he looks. Um, he's kind of got a Santa Yukon Cornelius type feel as well. Just kind of bearded Christmas heroes kind of running through my draft. Okay. Um, by the way, do do you get all of the Ghosts of Christmas Present, or you really very specifically only want the one from the Muppets? I'm specifically Christmas Carol. taking the Muppets Christmas yeah. Carol. Sure. Sure. Why? Why? Why not limit yourself? <laughs> All right. Well, that's um... <laughs> okay. I, you know, um, okay. All right. So, Mike, uh, you get to finish off this draft. Michael Shore uh, gets to finish off this draft. Um, what do you got? This is kind of a bummer because I was going to take the ghost. I was going to take Ghost of Christmas Present as an entire character because I love the the one from the Muppets is great. But also Carol Kane in uh, Scrooge is so, so great. Is so the best good. for my money, the best part of that movie. But I don't think I can do it now. I unlike some people I could mention, <laughs> who are television critics for Rolling Stone, I am going to play by the rules as <laughs> intended to be. So I'm not going to do that. I, I guess this is tough. I'm going to I'm going to take Willie from Bad Santa, Billy Bob Thornton's character from Bad Santa. Here's my here's my argument here. Here's the argument. Okay, that m- movie has no business being any good. It's a terrible idea. Uh, it's it's like a hacky, terrible idea that like like literally the name Bad Santa is just a bad idea <laughs> for a movie. But Billy Bob Thornton is so funny in that movie, and the character is so relentlessly terrible, just awful. Nick was right when he said that I was going to pick Ebenezer Scrooge. That was that was I didn't I didn't want to tilt too far in the like Scrooge Grinch direction. And this is threatening to do the same thing, especially because Willie is essentially unredeemed the entire time. He, at the very end, the only thing he does that's remotely any good at all is he tries to get his new friend, a young boy, a the stuffed animal that he wants, um, 
And then he's <laughs> basically gunned down by police officers <laughs> on the front steps of that of the house he's been illegally living in and robbing for months. It's a it's a it's a truly terrible story. But he, Billy Bob Thornton is so funny in that movie. And it's so good that it's actually a um, it goes against most of the things that I believe as a writer ought to be able to be done uh, because it's uh, it's just miserable from start to finish. But it really <laughs> makes me laugh. Uh, and I think he's like it's the only bad blank that I truly love, like in the in the genre of bad thing, bad noun movies. Um, it's it's the only one I really love. And uh, so I'll, I'll finish off our draft by choosing him third. How, how many how many bad? I mean, there's bad teacher. Right. And then there's Bad Santa. I mean, there are other bad movies that are just bad. There's a lot. They're all fine. They're all like the same amount of fine. There's, you know, there's bad moms. There's bad, oh, bad teacher. Moms. There's yeah, yeah. there's bad, bad everything. Bad boys. There's, uh, I don't know, bad now. Just call them bad yeah, I think the genius is that they're bad things that aren't usually supposed to be bad. And that's where. What <laughs> that's where they really. That's where they. That, that's the it's twist, not, you see. <laughs> That's, that's where they get you. That's where they get you is by by taking something that's good and then putting bad in front. And then of it. instead, it's the bad version. Uh, yeah. You know what's fun? You know what's weird? I mean, this I don't want to. I don't know why I would even take it this way. But uh, bad teacher was actually not bad. I didn't think bad, bad teacher's teacher pretty bad. funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. funny. It's not it's bad Santa, but it's, it's bad, not bad Santa does something else that's good, which is he allows the Lauren Graham character to finally fulfill a particular dream of hers. <laughs> <laughs> that's not everything i've done in this podcast is technically true that's the that's point I true make. technically that's true yes <laughs> lauren graham is also great in that movie by the way nick how do you feel about bad santa being the uh the final pick for this draft uh never seen it so i can't really weigh in i also yeah. i also had to google cousin eddie and uh <laughs> Uh, you know, I, my uh, my popular culture knowledge has some gaping holes in it, so I'm I'm glad <laughs> I was I was able to make it this far without embarrassing myself. All right, I want to I want to make the very clear that that cousin Eddie and Bad Santa would not constitute gaping holes in any way, shape, or form. No pop culture, right? Cousin, I, I cousin Eddie, I feel like is a pretty big. Isn't that <laughs> I? Maybe that's just me being overly defensive of my pick. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it sounds like. I me. thought he was pretty um, well firmly entrenched in popular culture. Yeah, I, I just missed. I I don't think I saw uh, Christmas Vacation because I was wow. I was out in the in the pig barn. <laughs> well, I would like to say um, to everyone that look, th did this go perfectly? Obviously not. We had one person um, completely throw the very concept of the draft in all of our faces. We had another person who seemed to think that what was important was uh, assembling a team of the best fighters <laughs> uh, somehow. That, that was how that got interpreted. But I would like to congratulate all of us, first of all, on getting through this uh, without anyone's uh, computer shutting down or anything, yeah, any technical problem happening. But also, more importantly, I would like to... Uh, I would like to say that I think it's great that we got through this whole draft and nobody picked Santa Claus <laughs> um, and nobody picked Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer right? and nobody picked like, like I think we did a, Frosty. I think we did a Frosty the Snowman. I think we did a pretty good job avoiding the dumb cliche picks, right? Uh, I think that's right. like the reason for the season. <laughs> Jesus. Like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think what we, what we really did here right, is Carrie. we expanded the definition <laughs> of holiday character to include, and the World War One German army, <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and a guy who is in a movie about uh, a holiday in February. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and um, and a, a cartoon about Halloween. Uh, <laughs> so I think we did a good job. We 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 really broadened the world's horizons in terms of how they think about the uh, Christmas and Hanukkah holiday season. As we as we look at this, who do, who do we feel like the the Twitter verse and and internet world? Uh, we'll think won this draft. Who 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 do we think is the winner of this draft? I mean, we're all winners, really. I think the internet is going to say Brandon won because Buddy is like probably the most popular recent uh, yeah. character, and cousin Eddie's Dick. also in that. And then I have an I have two armies to back it up. I mean, it was a flawless draft. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be good. I think nope. Don't be some with you. Don't be some with you with the Grinch and Alan. And- Alan was going to win in a walk because he chose John McClane. And generally speaking on the internet, if you choose John McClane in anything, you're going to win. And then he just utterly blew it. <laughs> like he blew it. So he could have just, he could have abstained from his second and third picks and probably been declared the winner by the internet. But instead he chose something involving Groundhog Day and something involving Halloween, which is just like, you can't go off the rails that badly. That's John Vandeveld at that uh, British Open or whatever it was. You, you, you know just what hitting is. a ball, driving the ball intentionally into the water over and over again with a five-stroke lead on the last hole. For the benefit of the internet, I will post the email containing Joe's instructions and I feel confident that they will vote with me. Oh, first of all, I mean, there are two, there are, again, two points to be made on this. One, if, if anybody out there thinks that my instructions should be followed to the letter of the law. You find that person. I'd like you to find the person who thinks that somehow, you know, I'm like, basically I'm like the Christopher guest character in, in, uh, in spinal tap where I give you the, the nope, you know, the little piece of uh, napkin with 12 inches on it with like the two lines on it. And, and uh, you went with that. So that's your, fault. uh, more to the point though. I think you making the point about him having this thing pretty much wrapped up and then blowing it. That's kind of our Cleveland Browns minute for this week. Oh you know, yeah. yeah, it's kind of there kind of go. fulfills our. You know, now the Browns are getting good. We need we need someone to fill that uh, that gap. And uh, Alan jumped right in. Just we should instead of a right Browns in. update from now, we'll do a Seppenwall update about what <laughs> how he has blown it in what capacity and what. Yeah, that's great. Let's do that. I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. All right. Well, so how are we going to end this thing? Do we do we even do we obviously. Uh, Wishing everyone uh, a great holiday, but is there is there a way to end this thing, Mike? Do you have a good idea for for how to finish this thing off? Why don't we count to three and then everybody sing the first line of his or her favorite holiday carol really loudly all at the same time for like five seconds? Like that hasn't been what this whole thing is. Um, <laughs> no, I think we should just say thank you all. What are the opening lines to I Got You, babe? Why don't we, why don't, why don't we go down? Why, why don't we let every... Why don't we have every uh, everybody kind of just give a little final thought? Well, to start with you, Nick, a little final thought for the uh, for the holiday season. Uh, well, reach out to uh, to look around you and reach out to the people who might need love more than you do. That's, wow, nobody's gonna be able. That to was that's, that. a, that's no, a, We that's, should stop. We should stop yeah. there. We should no. Don't let anyone else. Alan will ruin it. Alan will say, "Well, my thought is that actually uh, you should buy this. Some fireworks." <laughs> I thought what Nick said was beautiful. All right, go. That's your. That's yours. All right, Linda. Your final thought. Well, I thought it was beautiful, and I also uh, think you should pre-order my book, which is called "Every Drake Starts Over," and that we have in the summer of Thank 2019, you. and I've absolutely 
no embarrassment about saying that you should also order uh joe's book and everybody else's book um not alan's book though but everybody else's wait wait <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute the soprano sessions comes out on january 10th and you can actually get it for as a holiday gift right now so i don't know why i i can't be allowed to plug to this is a holiday. What, what holiday would that be uh well if you, if you order it <laughs> by, by friday you can get a set of like profane holiday cards to put under the tree and a signed book plate for me and matt's dollar sites and so you can have something to give to somebody even though the book doesn't come out for another couple of weeks i assumed you meant flag it day is. when you said holiday gift <laughs> That's exactly what I think. Everybody get everybody get Alan's book for Flag Day, please. Um, Linda's book that sounds awesome. Linda, we're going to have you back on to talk about your book. There's some baseball there in your book. How there is. is. There's that? a picture in my book. So wow, this is so cool. It's a good book. You're the only one that's gotten to see it. The rest of us have not gotten to read the book yet. We're so excited. Very exciting. Brandon, your thoughts? No, I'm Nick's words were too beautiful, and then there was some. Shameless self promotion after. So I'm gonna. I've, I've got a power washer staring at me right across the way. I've got something to get to. That seems fair. That seems fair. All right, Mike, you you get the last word here. Oh, Mike D. I would Mike say D, yeah. uh, be, yeah. be uh, beware the Yule cat, the monster from Icelandic folklore, who lurks about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eats people who have not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. Okay. Right, this, this this took a turn. This took a turn. Um, I guess I'll I'll conclude by saying that um, Mike D uh, has gone crazy in retirement, and someone needs to get over to his house immediately <laughs> to make sure that he's okay. We need to, we need to check on Mike D and uh, and uh, all the best in the new year, um, Mike. As always, thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs>